This is episode 67 of the Dear Discreet Guide Trouble at Work podcast. This episode is titled Annoying and Passive Aggressive Emails. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Dear Discreet Guide Trouble at Work the advice show where we talk about work-related issues or challenges and some ideas and suggestions for how to deal with them. I'm Jennifer Crittenden, a former CFO and the host of the show, and I thank you for joining me in my quest to make our workplaces better and more welcoming to everyone. Let's do this. Do you remember Sarita Mabin? She was on the show, I think it was June 18th. She's a motivational speaker and a funny person. Anyway, she surveyed the readers of her monthly newsletter about things that they found uh, absolutely annoying about online communication. She's reported on that now in her most recent newsletter, and she says that the responses fall into three categories. Mistakes and misspelling is the first one uh, that's really bothers people. She says, unfortunately, even the most brilliant ideas and insights might be overlooked in an email riddled with typos, misspellings, and misuse of words. And in the words of Winston Churchill, who you are, speak so loudly, I can't hear what you're saying. And frankly, when I read this list, I had to think, well, you know, actually what this says about you speaks so loudly that I can't hear what you're saying. Uh, So people are very judgmental. They don't want communication that doesn't have complete or correct sentences. They don't like if the correspondence is too casual or if people are using emojis, misspellings, bad grammar, typing in all caps, informality, poor grammar, emojis, abbreviations, grammar errors, spelling, and misuse of words when people don't use punctuation and acronyms instead of spelling out words. And I have to believe here, they're not objecting to using IRS, for example, instead of Internal Revenue Service, but things like RN for right now and IMO for my, uh, in my opinion. I've got to guess that's what they're talking about. Surely people don't want us to spell out ATM and all kinds of common uh, acronyms that we use. Uh, More people objected to incomplete sentences or not using complete words, and then misspelling or using words incorrectly, T-O instead of T-W-O. And I have to say here, this surprised me that people would be this harsh. And I think when I see those kinds of mistakes in an email, to me, it's kind of revealing. If it's someone whom I know, and I know normally writes very correct uh, sentences and uses correct grammar, I can tell then they were probably in a hurry, right? It gives me some insight into their state of mind when they wrote that email. Maybe they were even upset or angry. Or if it's someone that I don't know, it's potentially an indication that that person might not be particularly prideful about their writing. They may know that they make mistakes like that. And so, you know, it kind of helps me gain some insight into whether or not written communication is really something that they're very comfortable with, right? So I don't see these things as something to be mad about or annoyed about, but but more like, you know, um, 
interesting information or things that I can learn from. Uh, not Sarita's readers, apparently. And then the second one was just simply misunderstanding. She quotes George Bernard Shaw as saying, the single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. Uh, so Sarita says sometimes, you know, in written communication, it might be better to cover some things in a phone call or video call or an in-person conversation. And here are some of the things that her readers reported as saying hi and then not responding for 10 minutes. So I presume this is first a text that puts you on alert and then nothing happens for a while. I don't necessarily agree with these things. I'm probably just more patient, um, you know, at my advanced age. But I do think it's helpful to for someone else to say, these are behaviors that upset me, just so we're aware, right? I mean, I've probably been guilty of saying hi, and then maybe it takes me a long time to compose my text message uh, just because I type really slowly on my stupid phone. All right, somebody else says, giving more information than I need. Get to the point. What do you need from me? Again, this is a stylistic thing, right? Some of us feel as though we need to provide a background or a lead-in to, you know, soften the request. So, no, it's just different styles of communication. Using abbreviations and not clearly explaining, then I need to call. So, again, this person, like the person before, is in a hurry. They want their communication to be direct and no flourishes. And that's just a stylistic preference. When I ask several questions and get a one-liner back, you know, there's a lot that goes on in communication, right? It's hard to know everything that's going on here. Perhaps the receiver didn't want to answer some of those questions, but wanted to give the appearance of answering at least one. So there was some sort of response. Uh, so they can't be accused of just simply not responding at all. Or maybe they only knew the answer to one. Or, you know, as often happens, people are in a hurry and they don't read uh, carefully. This person says they don't like it when they get a silence instead of a brief thanks or got it when emailed something. Uh, this is interesting, and I think this is something that I could definitely be better at myself, is if I've had an exchange and the exchange has come to an end, uh, sometimes I just don't respond. And I think that's that's probably not the right thing to do. I think it's appropriate to go back and kind of close the conversation just with a short, as she suggests or he suggests, just to, to say, got it. Another person complains, people don't read. Comprehension is at an all-time low. I think we can all relate to that, right? But again, perhaps some understanding of what we've put on the other person and why they're answering the way that they did. Maybe we asked an extremely complicated uh, sentence, and it's simply too hard for them to respond fully to that uh, request or question. And another person complains about using reply all when the message is meant for several people. We've definitely all seen that you know, sort of classic non-technical person who Every time they respond to an email, they hit reply all, and the rest of us are kind of rolling our eyes. But, you know, so what? It's kind of endearing and doesn't take but a nanosecond to delete that thing. Uh, this is a tricky one, assuming intent without all the facts, and aren't we all guilty of that? 
when we receive an email, we start thinking about what motivated a person to use that word or that tone. You know, we don't have all the facts. We can't see into somebody else's mind. And so we do have to be very cautious about assuming that we know what was behind that message. I mean, sometimes we're right. But as I often say to my clients, there's a spectrum of probability, right? You never know 100% if they meant malevolence behind it or 0% that they didn't. And so there's sort of an area of trust in there and giving somebody the benefit of the doubt. But recognizing that you can't know for sure will keep us more humble and probably more honest and, and more curious and more questioning, right, to find out more. And this one I loved, using Facebook Messenger text and email in the same conversation. And Oh, wow, I can't imagine how confusing that can get. And, and I, too, have gotten sucked into conversations like that where you send a text to someone that says, oh, I sent you an email. So I have a particular friend whose email is so screwed up that whenever I email her, I have to send her a text to say, send her an email. And then sometimes she'll respond on the text or she'll respond on the email and it can get kind of hilarious, sort of a Groucho Marx kind of communication exchange. And then the third one that Sarita's readers talked about was meanness. And so people talk about lack of niceties like greeting, you know, dear so-and-so or hi, which makes communication too direct and terse. And this was eye-opening for me. I won't name names, but a relative told me that another relative had complained when people just simply start their email without a salutation. And I was kind of surprised because I wouldn't have thought that particular relative would care that much about that. But now that I know that, I'm always careful when I write to that individual to to start out, you know, dear so-and-so or hi so-and-so. And then people complain about being rude and mean on Facebook and Twitter, just outright trashing people, often someone they don't even know. And it is amazing how sitting behind our keyboard, we just really let things fly, right? Things that, as this next person says, we wouldn't say to someone's face. And then hiding behind email, afraid to have upfront and honest conversation. And this is a very big thing, right? You can't just tell someone, oh, don't behind, hide behind emails. I mean, there's a reason that they're there's a reason that they're reticent to have a face-to-face conversation, perhaps because they're worried that they will lose control of their words and provoke a reaction on the part of the other person. So understanding why people are doing what they're doing. And we're going to talk in a minute about passive-aggressive emails. Uh, Somebody else complains about lack of civility. They don't take the time to think before hitting send. And then something is lost in translation in the email, and then the person seems frustrated when I email back for clarification. And again, sometimes I read my own emails later and think, wow, that was confusing just the way I phrased that. And when somebody comes back, you know, requesting a clarification, it is on us to reread our email and see whether or not we really were crystal clear or if we were assuming that the other person would instantly leap to the topic that we were intending to write about or, you know, all kinds of assumptions that we can make. This is why communication is tricky. Somebody on Twitter named Trey, and I wasn't able to get in touch with him, although I think it would have been very amusing to talk about this thread that he started on Twitter. 
And he says, uh, how would y'all form the most passive-aggressive email? The subject is just their name, Janet. And then you start with, per our last conversation slash email. And then he wanted us to continue on with the text of the uh, email. So, of course, I had to jump in there. So my first one was, I'm sorry, but... And then because I didn't understand the rules very well, I also thought it was really clever in sending uh, a response in which the subject line, instead of being Janet, would be another reminder. <laughs> okay, and then, of course, the tweetsters jumped right on this, and they were had some really insightful ways of developing a passive-aggressive email. Uh, so one person said it's all about the sign-off. They had these different subtle messages that are sent by your by your sign-off. So uh, they describe warmly as lawful good, best as neutral good, cheers, chaotic good, thanks, lawful neutral, sincerely, true neutral, chaotic neutral sent from my iPhone. <laughs> and they had lawful, lawful evil is regards, neutral evil is no sign-off whatsoever, and then chaotic evil is chow. <laughs> All right, then Sweet Avenger wrote, Janet, per our last conversation, I am detailing my comments below in the hope that you are better at comprehending visual words. Although I agree there is no language in our dress code specific to your issue, to be honest, we did not foresee the need to ban midriff-bearing tank tops for our part-time employees weighing over 400 pounds. However, since we've received 20 complaints about your Bobby Darren forever tramp stamp, please consider that ban to be enforced going forward. Regards. Uh, then quietly pouring gravy over it says, per our last conversation, I have bolded the questions that need answers. There appeared to be some confusion as to what I was saying, so I figured I'd make it easy for you. And then this email is flagged with a red receipt. Uh, yeah, somebody else said, let me reiterate. And then Tater Tot says, Janet, per our last conversation slash email, and then they insert a pedestrian insight, although I'm not sure what I was expecting, it's my fault for asking, really, apologies. This one, we are not able to accommodate individual requests for self-service procedures. Please review our helpful tutorials if you are unable to troubleshoot this on your own. <laughs> These kind of robotic responses, right? I am sending this email to correct what I fear may be a misunderstanding, and then in parentheses, but hopefully not. Another one just says, please advise. <laughs> this one from Cheese. While the team really appreciates your input, however, we have decided to put it on the back burner for now and move in a different direction. However, I would like to encourage you to keep putting forward your suggestions in the future, whether with us or at a new opportunity. As somebody else writes, help me understand. Janet, per your last email, I do appreciate that you have five years of experience and look forward to you gaining more, many more. I also think it's great that you are able to look at things from the layperson's perspective. This can, in parentheses, sometimes uncover useful insights. They <laughs> write P.S. You might find it helps to keep your cat from walking across your laptop keyboard while you are typing an email. And then this person says that he prefers to write our last discussions 
which he says really adds an element of surprise. Some person says they're not good at being passive aggressive. They just get fired. And then this person writes, mostest passive aggressive email, reply to all. And then the message is just blank. (laughs) Janet, per our last conversation slash email, please be considerate of your coworkers and moderate your enthusiasm for Christmas music. How timely is that? Janet, as previously stated in our email conversations, in parentheses, attached and below, we are unable to reduce or waive the setup fees for our mutual client due to the amount of work involved for this custom implementation and the short turnaround time requested. Kind regards, right? Classic brush off. And then here's this long one here. So it's sent to you, it's CC'd to your boss, and it's BCC'd to my boss. So you're in trouble. And also, I want a paper trail to, you know, CYA. Hi, you. I hope you enjoyed your trip last week. So I'm going to put in here like the the subtext of each of these. And by that, this person means that she couldn't care less. We love the Instagram of the beautiful palm trees. And then the subtext is, uh, we here in the office made fun of your Instagram. I'm sure you're probably catching up on a ton of things. I saw you checking Facebook, but wanted to make sure we touched base about Thursday's sales meeting. I know we discussed getting a rough draft of the PowerPoint before you left. Did I miss it? And then the subtext is, there's no way I missed it. Since I haven't seen any notes yet, happy to just edit right in the presentation. I've looped in your boss in case she wants to see notes ahead of time, subtext of which is just want her to know that you're behind. If you want to chat about the project this morning, feel free to ping me. I'm kind of swamped, meaning leave me alone, later this afternoon, but looks like I have an opening at 8.15. Does that work? (laughs) And the subtext there is, I know you won't be in the office at that time. Also, did you get a copy of the presentation guidelines I sent to you late last week? Subtext, because you never responded. Again, hope you had a great trip. I envy the way you're able to unplug, meaning you've taken more vacation days than anyone on the team so far this year. Feel free to circle back with any questions. Subtext, don't you dare have any questions. Looking forward to the presentation, meaning don't mess up. And then best, Subtext of which is really by me. Another one, another suggestion here. Perhaps I could have simplified for you. And then another, per our last email, I will meet you in my office in 20 minutes for your monthly evaluation. <laughs> one last one here. You will find the answers to your questions in the email that was forwarded to you twice. Please take no offense, but it may be a good idea to establish a routine of reading emails each morning. Thank you for your support. All right, there you have it. What annoys people in emails and then some suggestions for how to write passive-aggressive emails. That's it, everybody. You've made it through another episode of Dear Discreet Guide, Trouble at Work. If you have a problem at work that you would like to submit to the show, you can do that at my website, discreetguide.com. That's D-I-S-C-R-E-E-T. Spelling matters. 
Anyway, send in your issue. We'll treat it with confidentiality and respect and see if we can give you some tips or tools. You can also sign up for my mailing list or The Pergola, a digital publication that comes out every other month, as well as get information about training programs, books for sale, individual consulting sessions, and all kinds of articles and jokes and resources, all for us to work better together. Thank you for joining my quest to improve our workplaces. And thanks for listening. New shows will be available every Tuesday, so tune in so you can hear more about coping with trouble at work.